Hey fiends, your neighborhood witch here to share my opinions on what I love. Hear me rate movies and TV shows from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. The more absurd, the better. Join your host Christy on that horror witch podcast and let's geek out. Hello fiends and welcome back to that horror witch podcast. So tonight... Our episode is going to be about the 1984 movie Firestarter. It's a Stephen King novel. It's on my list to read. Um, This is the first time I've actually seen this movie all the way through. Uh, It stars a eight-year-old Drew Barrymore as Charlie. Her mom, Vicky, is played by Heather Locklear. And David Keith plays her dad, Andy. So, Vicky and Andy meet at this research facility. They do medical experiments on people for cash, I believe. So, you know, they're going there thinking it's like, you know, a research study type of thing. And each of the participants starts to develop supernatural abilities. So, Vicky and Andy, they're able to communicate telepathically. And I think Vicky's power is telepathy because they show her and Andy talking to each other, like, through their minds. So Andy's pretty much like Eleven from Stranger Things. And he's kind of like a mix between her and, like, Professor X. And he has telekinesis, like Carrie. And he has better control of his powers than Carrie did. <laughs> You know, like not being a bullied teenage girl and everything. So he's able to concentrate and make people see anything he wants or believe anything that he wants. And this takes a lot out of him and it gives him headaches and nosebleeds whenever he uses his power. And Charlie's power, Drew Barrymore, Uh, is pyrokinesis, where you're able to control fire with your mind. So the movie starts with Charlie and Andy running from these, like, agents that are trying to go after them. Like, I did do some research, and uh, apparently some of the content from Stranger Things is kind of based on this story. Like, with the, you know, like, secret underground type of experiments, and there's, like, you know, kids and people with different abilities and everything, and, and you know, just a lot of secret stuff going on. So, Andy and Charlie are on the run, uh, and Andy makes, like, they find a cab, And Annie makes the cab driver take them to the airport and bribes him with what he calls a $500 bill. He really makes like a $1 bill appear as a $500 bill to the driver. And so the guy's like, yeah, of course, I'm not going to, you know, pass up $500. So they get to the airport and Andy and Charlie are in these ancient artifacts (laughs) called telephone booths. (laughs) So they go into one of them. 
there's a payphone and everything. So he makes the payphone give him the change that's in it. He's able to kind of like concentrate and makes all the coins come out. And him and Charlie are sitting there like collecting the coins with this like little uh, sack <laughs> that they have just around. So Charlie is kind of like scared that they're going to get caught because, you know, like they're stealing. Just feeling kind of paranoid about that. And, you know, stealing's not exactly great, but, you know, it is what it is. So Charlie's looking over at this couple and see there's, you know, drama going on between this soldier who's being an asshole to his pregnant girlfriend or, like, his ex-girlfriend. She's, like, really upset. She's crying and everything. And, like, you said you love me and all that. And you said you'd be there. And he's over here, like, of course, questioning if it's his or not. Just like being a real dickhead. And Charlie doesn't like this. Like she doesn't like how he's making her cry. So she decides to set the guy's shoes on fire. And then Charlie feels upset that she hurt the guy. So they run out of the airport. But Charlie feels a lot of guilt throughout the movie using her powers. Like she blames herself for her mother's death. And it's kind of like scanners where they're not trying to be captured and these agents work for this big baddie who thinks Charlie's powers were only, well, they'll only get worse as she, you know, gets older and she's, and she'll basically be a weapon of mass destruction. And if you're seeing a pattern here, yes. I like Stephen King. I currently own Misery, uh, the book version and the movie version, as well as Cujo in movie and book form. I still have to finish both of them. I haven't taken the time. Uh, well, that's on me. But <laughs> I have to do like, I have to read one book at a time. Otherwise, I'll end up forgetting what I read. <laughs> and... I can't really, like, switch back and forth. And, you know, it'll make me lose interest. So, one of these days, more likely, I'll probably finish Cujo first. And the beginning of Misery, the book, was kind of disturbing to read. So, you know, moving on. And, so... They're kind of on the run, Charlie and Andy, and they both have nightmares all the time. They find this hotel room and everything, and Charlie is upset about her powers, and Andy remembers the faces of the other participants of the research study, or I guess experiments. <laughs> they had um, terrible reactions to the experiments. Some of the people's, like, faces melted off, and some of them lost their minds and everything, or just flat out died. Stuff like that. You know, fun times. <laughs> and Andy has tried to help Charlie with her powers, like, trying to hone them in. Whereas Vicky was more weary of this. Like, one time, Charlie accidentally burns her mother's hands 
when she tells her that, you know, she'll finish practicing her abilities the next day with her dad and everything. And of course, you know, as a little kid, um, Charlie is, you know, kind of wanting her way and she doesn't mean to hurt her mom and she's like really like visibly upset about it. She starts crying and like apologizing to her mom and her mom like you know knows that she didn't actually mean it and Vicky's fine and everything and she tries to con you know comfort her while Andy kind of like flips out on her and yells at her for hurting her mother kind of like shakes her too which is a little extreme there so it ends up with Andy throughout the movie being kind of torn like he wants to protect his daughter of course but then he struggles with the shame she feels for using her powers and I guess that you know obviously stuck with Charlie and thinking of every mistake being a big deal and that she was almost kidnapped after these agents showed up and killed Vicky uh, I believe in front of Charlie so that's fucked up too and Andy comes home finding Vicky's body in like a closet and freaks out like where the hell is Charlie so he finds her at a neighbor's house and these like conveniently while two agents are like carrying Charlie out while like they drugged her and everything and so Andy uses his powers to like make the neighbor go back in the house and like forget everything and then he blinds the two agents which damn <laughs> so you know they end up you know on the run again and so you know it's been some time since Vicky had died I believe it was like a year or something like that or they've just been continuously um on the run so at one point they end up staying with this nice elderly couple on a farm and of course they get found out anyway and they're being held hostage at this like middle of nowhere kind of like an old uh home or whatever it's kind of like a mansion type of thing i don't know so, of course, they're being held hostage by Martin Sheen, and that should be your first clue right there, because, to me, whenever Martin Sheen is showing up in a movie, it's highly likely that he's got ill intent. He's going to be a bad guy. So, there's this other guy that goes by John, and he just, he looks like a villain, and he befriends Charlie to gain her trust while she's being held hostage and so he's kind of he ends up being worse than Martin Sheen's character spoiler <laughs> and they try to like you know buy Charlie's trust by repeatedly promising her visits with her dad they separated the two of them at this uh home but then they're also doing like experiments on charlie to test her abilities and everything and so you know they kind of try to buy her trust by kind of sweetening the deal with like a horse stable that she gets to go to and she bonds with these horses and this like guy named john who acts like he's like responsible for her or something like that 
And so, meanwhile, they're giving Andy a bunch of pills, and he's, like, drugged up, he's lethargic, he's not really able to use his powers, like, really concentrate or anything like that. So Andy, you know, uh, he formulates a plan to escape with Charlie, mainly to save Charlie. And, um, so there's these scientists, and... They want to do these experiments with Charlie and everything, get her to use her powers. And of course, like, little Drew Barrymore is freaking adorable <laughs> and so, so talented in this. And this was, I believe, two years after E.T. and she ended up being in another Stephen King adaptation called Cat's Eye in 1985, which was a year after this movie. So pretty sure I was... I saw that one, Cat's Eye, um, in high school, and I vaguely remember it. I just remember seeing, like, Drew Barrymore and not really getting it. Um, I don't know. I have to hunt that one down and give it a rewatch, too, because why not? Anyway, so they promised Charlie if she just, like, complies and does these tests and everything that, you know, like, setting wood chips on fire or boiling water water h2o <laughs> in a bathtub she'll see her father again and the one thing is she's able to control her powers better for some reason so there's that and so you know they're still drugging andy and everything martin sheen is questioning if he even still has his powers or they're waning since he's been there the whole time it's been like quite a while that they've been there so you know how the hell can he use his powers if he's all drugged up all the time you know like why would you question if he even still has his powers like you should be kind of scared so they want to keep him drugged up and away from charlie so she doesn't get convinced by her dad to kill them because that's, that's what they all kind of think about this. So, I doubt she needs any convincing, though. <laughs> like, she's already killed a bunch of these clowns before they got kidnapped, when they were trying to escape, when uh, they were found out at the elderly couple's home. So, you know, she was trying to defend herself and her dad, okay? So, thankfully, Andy ends up coughing up the drugs, the pills they give him. And, you know, when he's alone in the bathroom so he can stay alert. And they keep running Charlie through tests as she gets more and more frustrated, getting lied to about seeing her dad. So she's basically like, fuck this. Not really, but like, you know. So she decides to test, uh, to set the testing chamber on fire. And she threatens them while demanding to see her father. Because, of course, like, she's fully capable of fucking them all up. Like, killing everyone in the whole room. So, Andy realizes that his powers are still intact while he's, like, put in a random-ass room with, like, a TV. He's watching, like, cartoons and stuff. And he realizes that he's able to change the, you know, stations and everything. So, he's like, oh, shit. Okay. Awesome. So, he's finally able to control Martin Sheen's mind. 
um, well, he's like taking him for like a little stroll around the property or whatever. And so, you know, he controls his mind and convinces him to get uh, Andy and Charlie a helicopter to take them to Hawaii. And they're supposed to meet at 8 o'clock at the horse stables. So, double-crossing asshole John heads to the stables like a dickhead. And <laughs> he wants to destroy Charlie, actually. Like, once her powers reach their full potential. John is actually an agent that's an exterminator. Like, he, you know, takes out these people with, like, these special abilities and everything. And, you know, the whole time he's got Charlie convinced that he's only just a kind guy who works there. You know, like, he's totally inconspicuous. So, Andy tells Charlie that her little buddy John is the reason they were taken away to the facility and everything. And he can't be trusted. And, you know, like, John tries to confuse her and all the while there's like hay everywhere in the stable and I kept finding myself yelling like just set all this shit on fire come on so he uh the guy John whose real name is apparently Rainbird I I totally forgot I don't I didn't really care but anyway because fuck that guy he ends up killing Martin Sheen's character with like a headshot when Andy tries to get him to kill uh, John, fake John guy. <laughs> uh, so, asshole fake John ends up shooting Andy anyway in front of poor Charlie, and he tries to shoot her, but she's able to blow up the bullets that get fired at her and sets them ablaze. So, yay! Love that for her. <laughs> and then, so she goes and confronts her dying father and he tells her to kill anyone who gets in her way and i got choked up because like seeing little drew barrymore acting her ass off in this scene i feel bad if she's crying and like she's crying some real tears like she was really selling the scene so of course she you know does what her dad wants her to you know like his last wishes so she sets the stable on fire and she throws fireballs at the agents but she does save the horses yay and a lot of the agents haul ass because duh though she does kill the one scientist who was like kind of weary to begin with with a fireball so she blows up the helicopter and everything in the house where she was held captive and just going on a rampage, basically. I mean, you can't blame the kid. Also, fuck those guys. So she cries and says, like, it's all for you, daddy. Um, so the next day, she hitches a ride back to the elderly couple's farm. And the elderly man tells her, like, she'll be safe now. And he takes her to New York Times. I don't know why. So... <laughs> This was the first time I've taken the time to watch this one in its entirety. And I think I saw bits and pieces like years ago. So I was really happy I was able to watch it all the way through. I found it on HBO Max. And you could also find it on Hulu with the HBO Max add-on. 
and you can rent it on Vudu, Prime, YouTube. It's got some 80s low-budget cheese, like fine. That's fine by me. And I'll give it around a, a 7 or 8 out of 10. Like, you can't go wrong with Drew Barrymore, really. Like, she does a stellar job in this, and the effects are pretty decent. And I enjoyed the bond between Andy and Charlie, and how they both fight to try to save each other and everything. And all the while trying to protect themselves from people trying to destroy them for being different. And ultimately, Charlie survives and lives on for her father. And I'm debating on watching the second one from the early 2000s. It's like, it's pretty much like one of those sci-fi originals. That one's on Tubi. And it's not Drew Barrymore. I forget the actress's name. I'm sorry. She was also in um, the Queen of the Damned movie. She played Jessie. So, her. She plays like a grown-up Charlie. So, yeah. Let me know what you think of this one. Or if you have any suggestions that you want to drop to me by leaving me a voice message. Or you can send me an email at thathorrorwitch at gmail.com. Thanks, fiends, and have a good night. Bye! Just a reminder, fiends, if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode, and you want to support this channel, you can feel free to donate any amount you like to the listener support button. Thanks, and have a good one!